Hello, Word Nerds. Welcome to the Dictionary. If uh, you were not interested in those last couple episodes because they had a lot of scientific words, which I think are good to learn, uh, you will be pleased because we uh, we have a few in the beginning of this one, but then we move on to other things. And I think I already know what the word of the episode is going to be. All right, so the first word is chlorpheniramine. Chlorpheniramine. C-H-L-O-R-P-H-E-N-I-R-A-M-I-N-E. Chlorpheniramine. Or, or just chlorpheniramine. Noun from 1964. An antihistamine, C16, H19, CLN2, that is usually administered in the form of its malleate or malleate. Not exactly sure how to say that word. Uh, okay, moving on to chlorpramazine or chlorpromazine. I think it's chlorpromazine. Uh, noun from 1952. Let's go. Will you go to chlorpromazine with me? Uh, this is a perenothiazine, C17H19CLN2S, used chiefly as a tranquilizer, especially in the form of its hydrochloride to control the symptoms of psychotic disorders. And the example of that would be as schizophrenia. Uh, yep. Etymology is the same. It's all just combining portions of chemical words. All right, next we have chlorpropamide. Chlorpropamide or uh, chlorpropamide. Chlorpropamide. Noun from 1960. A sulfonylurea drug, C10H13CLN2O3S, used orally to reduce blood sugar in the treatment of mild diabetes. Next we have chlorpyrifos, chlorpyrifos, P-Y-R-I-F-O-S, chlorpyrifos. Noun from 1970, a toxic crystalline organophosphate pesticide, C9H11Cl3NO3PS, that inhibits acetylchlorinesterase and is used to control insect pests and ticks. There may be a sneeze in my future. That was a crazy word. Acetylchlorinesterase, something like that. Uh, okay, next we have chlortetracycline. Chlortetracycline. Tetra is in there. I think that means four. Chlortetracycline. Noun from 1953. A yellow Crystalline broad spectrum antibiotic C22 H23 Cl and 204 no 08 that is produced by a soil acetomycete and is sometimes used in animal feeds to stimulate growth and the scientific name of that soil actinomycete is Streptomyces aureofaciens close enough Okay, so we finished all of the two and a half episodes or two and a third episodes of scientific words in general. Uh, now let's move on to a couple abbreviations. CHM, all lowercase abbreviation for one, chairman, two, checkmate. Next is CHMN, so we added an N and we capitalized the C, abbreviation for chairman. Oh, look, here's another 
scientific-looking name. It is coanocyte, C-H-O-A-N-O-C-Y-T-E, coanocyte, noun, from uh, 1888, just have the synonym collar cell, collar, C-O-L-L-A-R, collar cell. Uh, This is from the prefix coan, which which means funnel-shaped. I want some funnel cake. Uh, and then, uh, which is from the Greek, koani, which means funnel plus site. All right. Next, we have chalk. C-H-O-C-K. First form. Noun from 1769. One, a wedge or block for steadying a body as a cask and holding it motionless for filling... Oh, what is happening here? And... Let's go backtrack. A wedge or block for steadying a body and holding it motionless, for fitting in an unwanted space, or for blocking the movement of a wheel. Uh, that is a chalk. Yes, I think when they when the planes come in, they they put these chalks, uh, these wedges on either side of the wheels so they don't roll back or forth, back and forth. Um, and then a body, it says as a cask, like a, a cask of, of wine that's a barrel on its side. It's going to roll away if you don't put the chalk under it. Uh, okay, next, number two, a heavy metal casting with two short horn-shaped arms curving inward between which ropes or hawsers may pass for mooring or towing. I think that's, yes, it's all about boats uh, because there is an example of the heavy metal casting as on the bow or stern of a ship. The origin of this word chalk is unknown. Why? Who who made it up? Somebody said that's that thing's a chalk. Second form of chalk adverb from 1834, as close or as completely as possible. I don't know if I've heard that. Third form of chalk transitive verb from circa 1841, to stop or make fast with or as if with chocks. Uh, here we go with chock-a-block. First form. Who knew that there are two forms of chock-a-block? It is one word. Adverb from 1840. The first, uh, the definition is just the synonym chock. Um, which one would that be? I think it is, aha, it is the second form because the example is chock-a-block full. Uh, which I think often you just say chock full. I'm chock full of blood. Um, so I guess chock a block. Why? What? What? Where, where, where? What is this word? What? This makes no sense. Uh, yes, because that second form of chock means as close or as completely as possible. I, I guess that sort of makes sense. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, second form of chock a block. Adjective from 1850. One, brought close together. Two, very full. As in shelves chock-a-block with books. Why is there no etymology for this? I need some information, please. All right, here we go. It's chock-full. You can spell it chock-f-u-l-l or just chock-full, one word, with one L. Chock-full, chock-full, adjective from the 15th century. That's old. Full to the limit, as in hotels, chock-full of tourists. Uh, the the etymology isn't terribly helpful from Middle English chockful, probably from chokin, which means to choke, plus full to choke, like it is so full you're getting 
choked by how full it is? I don't know. That's odd. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, next, we have Chocoholic. This is spelled a couple ways. Chocoholic, Chocoholic, uh, C-H-O-C-O. Oh, you know what? I thought that was a U, but I think the printing of that O, they lost the top of it. So I, lo- I thought it was a U, but no. Um, okay, so you could spell it C-H-O-C-O-H-O-L-I-C or C-H-O-C-A-H-O-L-I-C. All right, we figure that one out. Noun from 1968, a person who craves or compulsively consumes chocolate. I don't compulsively consume it, but I want to, so I'm sort of a chocoholic. Uh, yeah. And then, here we go with, you know, where does this word come from? It comes from, it comes from, it comes from the words chocolate. Chocolate, uh, this is a noun from 1604. Four definitions, lots of etymology. Uh, one, a beverage made by mixing chocolate with water or milk. We, we we don't call this we we don't who who's who calls a beverage a chocolate just can i have a can i have a chocolate no we say can i have a chocolate milk or a hot chocolate a hot cocoa or a just a did we say cocoa no i don't think so uh but yes you mix it with water or milk and it becomes chocolate number two a food prepared from ground roasted cacao beans three a small candy with a center and a chocolate coating. And what is the center? It is a fondant. It could be a fondant. Four, a brownish gray. And then chocolate is an adjective. And man, you know, yes, this covers all the bases, I guess, in general, but a small candy with a center and a chocolate coating, that is very specific. Chocolate is so much more than than just these. But I guess the number two one, a food prepared from ground roasted cacao beans, that really covers the rest of them. Uh, Let's look at the etymology. It is Spanish from the Nahuatl word uh, uh, chocolatl, which is probably an alternative of the Eastern Nahuatl dialect word chicolatl from chicoli, which means hook, which is probably used to refer to the beater used to mix chocolate with water. So it looks like a hook. And then uh, so it's chicoli plus the word atl, which means water or liquid. So that is where the word chocolate comes from. Uh, it means, it, well, that if they're correct, it basically means hook water, which doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. All right, but that was kind of interesting. Next, we have chocolate box. Two words with a hyphen adjective from 1901. A superficially pretty or sentimental. Superficially pretty or sentimental. It is a chocolate box. This is from the pictures formerly commonly seen on boxes of chocolates. What would those pictures be? 1901. Maybe maybe I should see if I can find a picture of an old chocolate box. What? The superficially pretty or sentimental. We are sentimental for chocolate boxes? I don't know. Next and last word is chocolatier. C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-I-E-R. Noun from 1888. A maker or seller of chocolate candy. Um, yeah, it's just from the French word chocolat, which means chocolate. 
Have you seen that movie, Chocolat? It's a fun, tasty movie. Uh, people who are chocolatiers, they make some crazy stuff. I've seen some videos online of people making insane sculptures out of chocolate, and the amount of work that goes into making those is just insane. Uh, they're very cool, and the things are edible, which I like, but wow, is it? That's, it's a crazy, crazy amount of work. All right, the words today were chlorpheniramine, chlorpramazine, yeah, chlorpramazine or chlorpromazine, chlorpropamide, chlorpyrifos, uh, let's see, chlortetracycline, CHM, CHMN, coanocyte, chalk, chock-a-block, chock-full, chocoholic, chocolate, chocolate box, and chocolatier. Well, I was going to pick chocolate as the word of the episode. And, you know, it really, you know, it really is the word of the episode. But for fun, I think I'm just going to pick chocolatier as the word of the episode because these are the people who make the stuff. And thank you. Thank you, chocolatiers. Thank you, chocolatiers, for making my chocolate. Make that chocolate so tasty. And crazy sculptures of chocolate. Chocolate sculptures. Chocter? No, that didn't work. Chocolatiers is the word of the episode. All right. Uh, Let us talk about the holidays. It would be great if it was National Chocolate Day, but I doubt that. In the Rastafari religion, it is birthday of Leonard P. Howell. In, oh, we'll talk about that in a second. In Argentina, it is Engineers Day. I think yesterday was Engineers Day in Italy. In Seychelles, it is Father's Day. In, uh, with the Organization of African Unity, it is International Day of the African Child. In Sikhism, it is Martyrdom of Guru Arjan Dev. In Sussex, it is Sussex Day. In South Africa, it is Youth Day. In, uh, in where? In Canada, it is the NHL Awards. Uh, I think they have awards like Most Teeth Knocked Out in One Game. Uh, let's see. It is International Day of Family Remittances. And what are some f- more fun holidays? Um, it is Bloom's Day. I had to read this ahead of time. So Bloom's Day, uh, this was new to me because... I don't know the author James Joyce. I have heard of him, but I've never read any of his stuff, including the novel Ulysses, which is what this is about. It takes place on June 16th, 1904, which is today, June 16th, um, and uh, it follows the day in the life of the protagonist, Leopold Bloom. So it's Bloom's Day. Anyway, maybe I should read that book. Uh, It is, let's see. Oh my gosh. Okay, well... That one we're definitely going to save for the end. It is Tupac's birthday, uh, so go celebrate Tupac's birthday. I am really not all that familiar with his music. I should be, because I like all music. Um, So maybe I shall listen to some Tupac music on June 16th. Um, And finally, yes, people, it happened. It is National Fudge Day, and we just read the word chocolate. So, you know, that you could take that however you want to take that. I did not plan this. Um, But then tomorrow, uh, you can counteract all the fudge you're eating today because, spoiler alert, it is National Eat Your Vegetables Day. Go eat your vegetables with a good side of chocolate and fudge. Chocolate fudge. 
All right, we're going to end this episode there. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.